Hi, my name's Luanne and this is the Rewritten Mead podcast, where I talk all things breast reconstruction after a mastectomy. Because let's say it like it is, having a mastectomy can be devastating. Sifting through all the information is overwhelming, the medical jargon's bamboozling, and it can be just plain scary and lonely. But you're not alone. That's why we're here. On the Rewritten Me pod, I talk to leading surgeons about all aspects of reconstruction. Nipples, belly buttons, foobs, Dieppe flap, and staying flat. I also talk to healthcare professionals who can help with everyday practical advice to support your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And I talk to the wonderful women from our reconstruction community who so generously share their stories with you. We're all here to help you make an holistic, informed decision that's right for you so that you can have a say in how you rewrite your story. The third Wednesday in October is Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day, or Bra Day as it's known. For Bra Day 2022, I interviewed Dr. Joe Dusseldorp. Joe is a reconstructive plastic surgeon who specialises in breast reconstruction, particularly own tissue reconstruction like Dieppe. He's a medical innovator and personalised medicine advocate, and he led the first team in Australia and New Zealand to perform a robotic-assisted Dieppe. In our interview, we talk about what reconstructive plastic surgeons and breast surgeons do, the main types of mastectomy, and the different types of reconstruction options and why women might choose them. Hello, Anne. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, how are you going? Great, thank you. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the different breast reconstruction options that are available. Pleasure. You're a FRAX qualified reconstructive plastic surgeon, aren't you? That's correct, yeah. I wonder if you could explain a little bit about that as you introduce yourself and tell us what it is that a reconstructive plastic surgeon does. Sure. So yeah, I'm Dr. Joe Dusseldorp. I'm a reconstructive plastic surgeon based in Sydney, Australia. Um, I do have FRAX qualification, which is the fellowship of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons, and that's a qualification that uh, really is the peak body of surgery bestows upon people who've done enough training to be, uh, to be qualified to be a specialist in our country. Um, and my focus is on uh, breast reconstruction. That's uh, pr the predominant work that I do, and I really, um, uh, I think that really it's only FRAX qualified surgeons that should be doing this work because it's quite complicated, as you are aware. Yeah, okay, thank you, thanks. And we sometimes hear that term breast surgeon as well, don't we? So what's the slight differentiation between the work that you do and the work that breast surgeons do? Yeah, so breast surgeons are really responsible for managing a breast cancer patient um, from their cancer diagnosis um, through the MDT process and getting opinions from other specialists all the way through to their reconstructive options as well. And a lot of breast surgeons uh, do reconstructive surgery as well. Um, but we work with breast surgeons as plastic surgeons when the reconstruction is perhaps more complicated or requires microsurgery in terms of reconstruction. Um, so really it becomes a team um, type of reconstruction at that point. But breast surgeons are critical to breast cancer care. So when we're talking about the term reconstruction there, what do we mean by that term? Yeah, so breast reconstruction really is about um, helping women to regain the form and the aesthetics of their breasts after they've had a mastectomy. Um, it can also be used to, with regards to when you haven't had to have a mastectomy. So say for example, um, a wide local excision or a lumpectomy can still require some reconstruction at, at different times, depending on the size and shape of the breast. Um, but really it's about trying to restore the form, the function of the breast in some way. And that may include sensation as well. 
Thank you. And you mentioned the term mastectomy there as well. And as well as having different types of reconstruction, which we're going to talk about in a second, there are different forms of mastectomies as well, aren't there? Yeah, I think it's critical to understand that actually because the words get used um, sometimes without reference to what they exactly mean. And so really there are three main types of mastectomy. There is what's known as a simple mastectomy, which really uh, implies removing the whole breast and having a flat chest at that point. Um, there is a skin sparing mastectomy, which keeps the skin of the outside of the breast so you can fill that um, pocket with an implant or your own tissue. We'll talk about that. And then there is a nipple sparing mastectomy, which keeps really all of the, the skin and nipple of the front of the breast and all you're filling then is what's inside the breast. Um, so these lead to very different scars, very different um, sort of overall aesthetics of the breast. Um, and I think it is important to understand what a difference is, particularly between a simple mastectomy and a flat closure and a, and a reconstructed breast. Okay, thank you. So that term there, flat closure, we sometimes hear that term when people are talking about reconstruction, a chest reconstruction right. after a mastectomy, don't yes. they? Yes, yeah, okay. I, I, I do hear this word thrown around and aesthetic flat closure is another term that's used in literature and really it, it's not a breast reconstruction, it is a chest wall reconstruction. It's really making um, the, the chest look quite smooth, um, not having bumps or lumps and things like that, but there really is no breast mound or breast shape there after that um, procedure. And that is a valid uh, choice? For Ab absolutely. And in certain circumstances that will be recommended to women if they have a particular type of breast cancer, for example. However, with the vast majority of breast cancers, a breast reconstruction is available. Um, and it's something that women should know before undertaking a mastectomy. Thank you. So thinking now about breast reconstruction, we often hear about implant-based reconstruction. So what's involved with that type of reconstruction? So yeah, that would be the most common type of breast reconstruction used in Australia. Um, essentially what that implies is that the mound of the breast, that shape is being taken up by an implant, usually a silicon implant. Um, it can also be using a tissue expander and, and sometimes the two, so a combination of having the expander first and the implant later. And really it's, um, it's you know, an option that is, uh, is relatively quick um, to recover from, um, and, but also um, yeah, can achieve quite a fulsome shape um, quite quickly. And that's really the main advantage. Okay. And would that, an implant-based reconstruction, would that reconstruction be undertaken by a reconstructive plastic surgeon or a breast surgeon or... Both. Yeah, it could be either. Um, yeah. So different breast surgeons have different practices. Many do quite a lot of implant-based reconstruction very well. Um, and certainly, you know, the, the breast surgeons I work with are very, very capable and do beautiful implant-based reconstruction. So, yeah, just a matter of talking to your specialists and finding out what their um, level of experience and interest is in doing the reconstruction themselves. Okay. And you talked there as well about how quick that particular procedure can be and that might be a preference for, for women who are making their decisions about reconstruction. Yeah. What are some of the other reasons why someone might choose an implant-based reconstruction from, from your experience and talking to your patients? Yeah, I think it comes down to um, certainly if people are needing radiation therapy after their mastectomy, mm -hmm. um, we do go down the path of, of using some kind of um, expander usually or, or potentially an implant. Um, while the radiation is, is going on. Um, that just really means that if we then want to do a, an own tissue reconstruction, which we'll probably talk about, then you can, uh, you can 
um, remove that expander implant and put in tissue after radiation and then that tissue is not affected by radiation. So that's a very common um, pathway for, for women when they need radiation therapy. But also it could be just the time of their life. Um, they have young children, um, perhaps they're you know, just trying to get back to work um, as quickly as possible. You know, there's a number of different factors that you know, this reconstructive option should try and fit in with someone's life as opposed to define what their life is about for that period of time. And so that's where, you know, these options, good to have options, essentially. Yeah, yeah. and good to take into consideration what your life is like and how you live your life with Absolutely. regards to your reconstruction options. Yeah. Thank you. So you mentioned their own tissue reconstruction. So yes. that's sometimes called autologous reconstruction exactly. as well. So you want to explain a bit about that because there are different types of own tissue or autologous reconstruction as well, isn't there? Yeah, it can be really confusing. Um, the, the simple principle is that it's possible to... Um, reconstruct the, the mound of the breast using your own tissue. So it means we don't need an implant um, and we can use the fat and the connective tissue, usually of the tummy, where there's a bit of excess in a lot of people, myself included, um, and uh, other parts of the body like in, inside of the thigh or the buttock region, even um, on the upper back. There are, there are pieces of tissue on the body that reconstructive surgeons can use and transfer into the breast region to create a mound. And then that is more soft, more warm, um, but has the downside of needing to be taken from somewhere else mm -hmm. where there will be some scarring. And that's really, I think, an important factor to go through and for people to understand that there's, you can't take from one area of the body and, and move to another area without some downsides. Um, but a lot of the times, if we're taking from an area where there's a relative excess, that, that can be actually a good thing. People actually can feel quite good about those parts of their bodies as well. So overall, yeah, the most common operation I do is called a Dieppe flap. Um, and that's taken uh, the tissue from between the belly button and the pubic hair. There's, there's usually some tissue there that we can use to make one or two breasts. Um, and that then leads to a relatively aesthetic closure of the tummy, which is known as a tummy tuck in the cosmetic surgery world. Um, but we use those cosmetic principles to enable um, a breast reconstruction uh, for one or both breasts. Okay, thank you. And who would perform an own tissue, Dieppe, a type for reconstruction? So really only reconstructive microsurgeons would do that operation and that tends to be plastic surgeons. Um, I think that's, that's fair to say and there's uh, yeah, generally only people who really specialise in breast as well. I think if there are um, very relatively few of those around which is one of the issues that we have with regards to access to this operation. Um, certainly there aren't really reconstructive microsurgeons outside of capital cities uh, but that is not to say that women can't access those surgeons from outside. And we have many patients that come from regional areas um, to have this procedure done in, in capital city areas. But there's, there's definitely, um, there are issues to, to access. And we've, we'll, I'm not sure we've talked about that before and will again, but it's something we're trying to improve. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all part of the discussions that we're having around Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day as well, isn't exactly. it? Which is why we're making the video today. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And as soon as women understand, look, there are three main options. Essentially, you can have implant-based reconstruction. You could have your own tissue reconstruction. You don't have to have a reconstruction at all, which is a flat closure. And I think if people just, even women who didn't have breast cancer yet, knew those three options before they were confronted with this very difficult decision of having to have a mastectomy, I think it would help in the process of normalising some of these, this discussion and not making it so confronting yeah. at the time of a diagnosis. Thank you for talking to us about the different reconstruction options because having a dialogue is really important, as you said, to raise awareness of what options are available to women who have a mastectomy. But also having a dialogue with your specialist, with your surgeon, is really important to understand those options, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's really something which, you know, there, there is no right answer. 
for breast reconstruction, it's a very personal decision. And I think that's where this concept of shared decision making is key. Mm -hmm. Because really, I can't make the right decision with you without knowing more about you, without you sort of really engaging with what it is that are your options. And I think that's where understanding, you know, where someone's at in their life, what their, you know, their goals are for the future, mm -hmm. that's critical to getting the right outcome. Yeah. And the outcome might change later in their life. So for example, um, someone's finished having their family and um, you know potentially they've already had implants but they're not happy with how the implants are sitting or the implants have changed or moved or developed a capsular contracture that's something where you know it's it's still always on the table to have a discussion about new types of reconstruction or whether we can potentially you know maybe if they weren't a candidate for a df flap earlier on they might be later in their life so there's there's definitely um it doesn't need to be a, a one and done type of situation the conversation can evolve yeah. um, throughout the course of someone's life great um, and the other group of people I think we, we don't talk about enough is the people making the decision about whether to have a prophylactic mastectomy and what reconstruction might mean for them. Yeah. And I think that's a really important um, conversation to start early because options do um, change. And I think even younger women who maybe, you know, are thinking about this in their 30s because they know they have a BRCA gene or something like that um, should really have all the options, you know, well explained and should know all the downsides and really make an informed decision yeah. um, that's that's not made out of fear because that's a very clouding type of emotion, but really from a position of power and, and information. Yeah, yeah, an informed and shared decision made with your specialist team. And I love that term, it's not one and done. You know, it can be, it's about having continuous dialogue afterwards so that you can make the right decision for you at different points in your life. Absolutely. Great, thanks so much, Joe. Thanks for helping no worries, uh, raise awareness of all the different reconstruction options. It's a pleasure and congratulations on everything you're doing to oh. raise awareness as well. Oh, thank you, thanks so Looking much. Looking forward to, to Brava Day. Yeah, Brava Day, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rewritten Me podcast, produced on the traditional lands of the Kamaregal people of the Gurungai tribe of the Eora Nation. If you found any of the content upsetting, please reach out and get help. Breast Cancer Network Australia have a free confidential helpline, 1800 500 258. And Beyond Blue have a range of free resources online at beyondblue.org.au. Or you can call them on 1300 224 636. And a reminder that the information in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. For personalised medical advice, you should seek a consult with a FRAX qualified surgeon or an equally qualified surgeon in your country.